Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon's here too. And uh, we're going to talk about free agency, off-season moves, organic tanking, non-organic tanking, a whole bunch of stuff. Before we do that, Matt, how is your St. Patty's Day weekend? Did you survive it? Well... I actually didn't do any St. Patrick's Day related activities because I was out at a NASCAR race. Mm-hmm. Um, first time at NASCAR. And I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I had a, have you ever been? Yes. Oh, sick. I grew yeah. up in the Midwest. Right, right. See, I grew up in the South, but I just, I guess I avoided the stereotype. But I mean, I don't know. It was a lot. Well, and also I should say it was a lot of fun because they really... NASCAR did a good job uh, giving Yahoo Sports the VIP treatment there. I got to ride in the pace car. I got to ride in what? the... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Not like at the start of the race, but just before everything got going, I got to go wow. out there on the track. I've never seen a RAV4 go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also got to ride in, you know, one of those like Can-Ams where it's like a monster truck that goes on its two I've wheels. I've also been to monster truck shows. Yeah, I mean, it was... I've done all these things. How was, did you get this gig? And I... Oh, yeah, I was doing the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you had some... You had some responsibilities but um it was a blast i will tell you mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun it's much more of an experience that like if you hate on nascar like definitely go to a race and check it out i will also say you know i got to watch the race from the pit and like the pitch which was cool because you got to see like when i got up in the tower you know of certain racers like the data and analytics that they're working with you know dork boy over here i thought that was cool but i will say being in the pit for the race was cool like to start but after a while, I was like, I kind of want to be up in the stands with yeah. the people so I can see and, you know, actually like tell what's going on because they're from there. Were you, you a fan of the Final Destination series of films? I don't know if I'd say fan, but I definitely watched them. I'm yeah. like FD28, maybe. There's a, they're at a, a, a race track and things go horribly awry as they do in the Final Destination yes, yes. films. Um, and I've, I've ever since watching that movie, I've been a little bit nervous about, I don't know. Driving behind a, a a truck with logs tied to it, going to a NASCAR race. But I'm glad you survived. <laughs> no, did not. You get probably would have survived log. better at the NASCAR race than you would have in the streets of West Hollywood or Santa Monica celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So thank you for being here. I will. I will say our our colleague Zach Schwartz, who's affectionately known in some corners as Baby Zach, also very um, Irish per his name. Yeah, right. But uh, he basically said uh, that like St. Patrick's Day is the most overrated holiday. And I kind of agree with him. It's like the same thing as New Year's. It's like sort of amateur hour for drinkers out there. You know, you're out there. People are making a fool of themselves. Like I can have one green beer. Then after that, it's like, all right, just yeah. give me a regular. They don't beer, take you know? week 17 brunch like we do. No, no, they're not 
champs like we are. What? All right. So let's talk a little bit about football instead of NASCAR. And actually, producer Brett, do we have a voicemail to listen to? We do. You know, you can call the voicemail line, by the way, 888-85-YAHOO. But we have this really disturbing call from a, a Giants fan, of course. Oh, boy. Please fire, gentlemen. Please. We need OB, OBJ back. Please. Sterling Shepard in the slot. Golden Tate in the slot. Eli. Oh, my God. Evan Ingram is the only thing that we got. I if he can hold on to the ball. Let's just fire Gettleman, blow this up, start all over. Help! Help! Please help us! <laughs> uh, did this human being leave a name at all? No, I have this person's phone number. Because of the caller ID. I'm not going to release I don't need that. that but yeah. this, you know. Yeah. I read off my phone number on a podcast one time. And that's, <laughs> that I was told it was going to be removed in post. It, it was not. Let's just say that it didn't go well. But, I mean, how do we react to that? I have some advice for these okay. Giants fans who, okay. are, who are tilting. Here's the thing. Remember two years ago when good old McAdoo and his hair gel benched Eli Manning and your whole city went bonkers because of the disrespect that he was shown? And now y'all want to say he sucks? But he has sucked since he was benched, and now the pendulum has swung severely in the opposite direction. And I, I just, I'm, I'm stunned that everyone is this surprised. You don't think Gettleman came in to fix the snafu that McAdoo made, which should not have been a snafu. I'm not going to applaud McAdoo for a lot of things right. at all, but that he should not be. That is not why you fire Ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Also, There's so many other reasons. <laughs> also, l- let's like take a little travel back in a time machine and think about the draft in which Eli Manning was the first pick overall and was supposed to be taken by the Chargers. But because he's a Manning and Archie doesn't want his son playing in San Diego, he didn't get to play. So welcome to Rich Kid You. You want a Manning under center? You got a Manning under center. I have some really bad news about the Robert Kraft case. Oh, he got off again? Uh, continue just something in the in the rich kid you universe so you're basically saying like this is giants fans you know this is your bed you have to you made Come it up you got a line. yeah i kind of understand what you're saying um i do feel really bad for giants fans in some way but like this is exactly you're exactly right like, you don't get to throw a temper tantrum about all the things yeah dave gettleman is an ernie acorsi guy ernie acorsi of course is the person who drafted eli manning way back when ernie acorsi has led several gm searches for teams including the carolina panthers who landed on dave gettleman as their gm back in the day and then mm-hmm. of course leads that same search for his former team the new york giants who of course what what do you know they land on one Dave Gettleman. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're right. The fix was on, you know, since 2004. This is the same kid who said, I will not play in that in that market. I I am too good to play for any team but New York. So they did some like back wheeling and dealing and you trade so and so and we'll make it all nice. But this is a family who has had things made nice. So New York, you wanted a Manning. You got a Manning. He won you two Super Bowls. He's also going to get into the Hall of Fame because this is the way things work. And I can't believe you're that stunned. Also, you're not going to feel so bad when Odell only plays 11 to 12 games oh, next year. stop. Don't do this to Browns fans. I think they all, I think there's, there's one. I mean, both sides. There's one part of me. Temperament kids. There's one part of me that like. 
you know, if you're like, I think Mark Sessler said this best on their podcast. Like, if you're a Browns fan and you've been a Browns fan for years, you can't help but think that there's some small like karmic value, like or just some small what's going to go wrong. What feel uh, some feeling of impending disaster. And I hear that, and part of me feels that way too. But let's just all. I mean, this table's plastic, but like, let's knock on wood here that nothing like that does happen to Beckham when we do get to see this offense in full. Uh, form, but on the Dave Gettleman thing, you know, you're totally right that this is come up and a away. And the only thing I will say, I get it. Plenty of GMs make bad decisions, but don't come out there, you know, and just lie to everybody and then try to make us feel stupid. Wait, like, wait, wait. Are you saying that like someone of wealth said some lies because there was a back deal made, a backdoor deal made? Are you are you saying that <laughs> that people in big business are honest? That's generally the truth. Wow. I, 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 I mean, such a revelation I'm having. The Yahoo Fantasy Woke podcast. I mean. I love it. Why <laughs> shouldn't he lie? Because when, when teams tell the truth, their fan bases go bananas. I get it. I th- I'm just saying, if you're going to come out and say that the narrative that Eli Manning can't play anymore and is overpaid is a crock. Quote. That was the exact quote. It just makes you seem ridiculous when yep. everyone else around you has eyeballs. Say, has eyeballs, has been able to see for the last four years that this guy right. is washed up. And it's independent of his offensive line. It is independent of his wide receivers. There is it is possible to watch a quarterback and be able to isolate those variables and just watch the quarterback play. And there's plenty of plays where Eli Manning leaves you lacking. If you want to come out and say, look, we think that Eli is better at this point than going to and signing a Teddy Bridgewater or a Tyrod Taylor or whatever. Sure. I could listen to that argument, but, but don't not come out for and, the difference in cash, but don't, yeah, just don't come out and make us look like, talk to us like we're idiots. That's the only thing that I, I don't care for. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I don't care for, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater while we were recording last week's show, he announced on social media that he would be staying with the saints instead of playing for the dolphins. In reaction to that news, Miami has both traded Ryan Tannehill and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. This and traded him to the Tennessee Titans, I saw, you, which uh, yes. is an interesting move, I, I thought, on both sides. Why do you I, think that's so interesting? Well, I mean, obviously it's boring from an on-field perspective because it's a snooze bag of a quarterback, that, that being Ryan Tannehill. But, but do you think if the Tennessee Titans are being wise, they should probably back up yes, a guy who can't stay healthy? A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like we talked about this on this podcast is that I was kind of giving up on the idea of Marcus Mariota being a solution at the position and being much more of a, okay, we are going to keep Marcus Mariota in-house this year because we're not going to get anybody that's better than him. Like a rookie is not going to be better than him this year. But you better have a backup plan. And Ryan Tannehill, for all of his, you know, milk toast, boring play as a starter, is definitely a quality backup quarterback, no doubt about it. And they slash some of his money. Miami pays some, they take a dead cap hit, whatever. They don't care. Organic tanking. We know that. But I do think that this makes the Tennessee Titans offense, you know, if Marcus Mariota, if and when he does go down again, we're not going to be, you know, crying that we're seeing Blaine Blaine freaking Gabbard anymore. Well, and I think you'll see Marcus Mariota actually benched because if you look at his number of games, he hasn't missed that many games because he's been playing. He played poorly because he was so hurt in so yeah. many games. Right. So he hasn't been benched very often. I think that's because they had no depth under center. And they were like, listen, we'd rather see you playing with a hurt X, Y or Z. Something like tweaked nerve, right? or, you know, <laughs> than, than playing Gabbert. But now I feel like 
if and when he gets hurt, the opportunity to fully heal instead of having these mounting injuries is available to him and the team because Tannehill is there. And also, to me, makes Adam Humphreys, who you know I'm a fan of, um, it makes his value to me more interesting because I could see a Ryan Tannehill-Adam Humphreys connection in a way that I'm less reliant upon Mariota. That doesn't mean that I'm going to bump Humphreys up in my rankings or go out of my way to draft him. He'll probably be like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, probably wide receiver four, right? Yeah. If we're talking PPR. But I do think, you know, the weeks that Ryan Tannehill's under center, I'm a little bit more interested in him. Yeah. Where do you stand on uh, Corey Davis if Ryan Tannehill has to get in there? I mean, he's a guy that I was actually just charting for reception perception last night. I mean, I don't know where I I, with I'm withholding judgment on how I feel about Corey Davis because I think that he's still growing into his paws a little bit, uh, albeit playing in a very bad situation last year. He's a guy that I do think will be interesting to discuss in drafts this year. Again, this whole offense has a lot of interesting players, but again, this, I mean, it's not like this is a solution they found. They've just found a better backup plan and keep that could keep the offense. I mean, the weeks that Corey Davis puts it together, I think it's going to be a matchup dependent play. That's honestly, you know, yeah. if he's facing a weak secondary, he'll probably go off, but I don't see him doing much, especially, I mean, if he's, if the Titans are facing um, an aggressive D line, I don't really trust Tannehill or Mariota not to freak out. Right, yeah. they're going to get the ball out to- fast. Totally. They're not going to push it deep. They're both. Yeah, I mean, neither one of these guys are known for the, yeah, yeah, known the for the deep ball, anything like that. So yeah, I mean, it's and then on the Miami side, of course. Um, but before we do that, we have a surprise, and I'm going to let Matt tee it up. Alex Gelhar is visiting from Wisconsin. He literally just arrived. He is. He's on the Yahoo campus. He's here with us right now, Alex. Welcome back to Sports Media. It, it's very <laughs> exciting. How very L.A. of me to get off the plane and already be doing some sort of interview. It's like I never left, really. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a black V-neck and everything. I mean, you fit right back well, into the culture. This was really so you couldn't see my travel grease because I had to take a bus oh, to the airport and then an airport here. So wanted to make myself look as easily presentable as possible. For, it's a great thing to describe for an audio medium. Yeah, this is great. For those who don't know... Alex Gelhar, uh, because you're from the Yahoo ecosystem. Alex and I worked together at NFL Network for many years uh, before he left to become a high-powered, elite-level lawyer in Wisconsin, or at least is in the process of that. So you're in law school right now. I mean, this is the quintessential uh, law school person, you know, taking a bus to an airport. Yeah, well, it was a little easier than driving to Chicago. It was much cheaper to fly out of Chicago. You know, instead of being a high-powered lawyer right now, I'm in the broke law student (laughs) phase. So uh, trying to pinch those pennies where I can. So you're saying that your entree to L.A. wasn't quite on par with Miley Cyrus's? Yeah, no, not not quite. Okay. Did not step off my plane at LAX. God, With the Britney song? Yeah, Britney song, no. No? Nailed that one. (laughs) <laughs> okay so um, this is great it's like my old podcast my new podcast i know how are you this... feeling are you feeling a little bit in the middle a little bit yeah you're feeling like I, one I would... is silver the other's gold <laughs> i won't say you know who's who at least liz and i get along too and it's yeah. not like two exes We're or fine. anything right i was gonna say I, I would have said like yeah i feel like you guys should be fighting for my attention but i also know you both very well, well. we're gonna you go run away with that. each other now and yeah you, uh, you can i, I feel like I'm, by the end of this show i'm gonna be out of a job um, and Gellar will just be hosting the podcast. But you'll always you. have Charlie. It's true. Just like the Dolphins will always have the beard. The bearded one? <laughs> Can we call him the bearded one? I mean, they'll have him for now. Right. At, at like the eight teams that came before, right? He is he is a generous lover, 
And so <laughs> he has no, if you're going to pay this guy, he will play for you. So, Alex, I'm sure you've heard these rumors about organic tanking in Miami. Nothing official, but there's just an assumption that this is what's happening. And over the free agency period, it does seem that the Dolphins have showed restraint that they haven't had in the past. There's no big, big signing veteran talent at the end of their career to huge contracts, which shows me in his evidence, evidence, you're an attorney, yes, that or almost an attorney, um, that maybe there is something to this organic tanking theory. Yeah, I saw. I think actually they've committed the least amount of guaranteed money thus far in free agency, which, as you said, is a total change because yep. normally day one of free agency, we were accustomed to Dolphins, absurd amount of money for a player that probably didn't deserve that amount of money. But it's good to see, and I'm rooting for the Dolphins to turn it around. I'm also rooting for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the best quarterback in the NFL for a span of three to six quarters? weeks at some point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the best quarterback in the NFL for two quarters, and he's the stone worst quarterback for yeah. two more. I mean, yeah, that's the way it goes. But this is how this is how you tank, right? Like you, it's fun at least. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than running out because this is what I've said. They, they were going to always have some you know quarterback carousel of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It literally is him. Congratulations, yeah. by the way, you did call this so get your get your props and uh you know we're still gonna probably see some luke falk some jake rudock this year you know we'll see some day three rookie that they draft i mean i would take the under on 16 for ryan fitzpatrick starts but at least for the time that he's in there they will be more interesting to watch than if it was just someone like jake rudock all year or matt castle god forbid or brain blame freaking gabbert you know i mean i think that fitzpatrick gives him a chance to almost like maybe screw this tanking thing up right like he's just good enough that they might win five games or something like that i mean nobody in the nfl can really afford to lose games on purpose you know you just it, you, as that's you've said, my point. As you've said, yeah. that's never going to fly. You've got Brian Flores coming in from the most winning franchise in NFL history, right? So, like, at what point is this guy going to be like, you know what I want to do? Lose, because I'm accustomed to that. Right, and that's why signing a player like Fitzpatrick, who also w- wants to win and wants to go out there and sling it, gives them some viability that, yeah, they're they're going to try to hit reset on their roster. They already have, like, upwards of $100 million of cap room committed to, t- to next year. 125 I think. Which is a lot. So, I mean, they're well set up to build for the future, uh, but they'll just be more interesting while doing it this year. Just, like, everybody doesn't have to fil- follow the Sashi Brown model of uh, tanking where you literally lose almost every game under your watch. It- it's just about accruing future resources and not, you know, saddling yourself with these albatross contracts as Miami has usually done. Yeah, it'll position them to when they do f- fully start that rebuild, have the necessary resources, draft picks, cap space to sign good free agents and turn it around quickly. But I think you're right with the competition aspect because, I mean, look what happened to Steve Wilkes in Arizona. Not He wasn't trying to lose games and right. he had an incredibly short leash as a first-year head coach. You know Brian Flores doesn't want to come in and have that mm-hmm. same situation. So Fitzpatrick's going to allow him to put a team that looks like an NFL team on the field for the most part for, you know, at least half plus of a game and they'll win a few games and hopefully still have a high draft pick next year. Wilkes wasn't trying to lose games. It just felt, I know it like, it just felt like it. <laughs> well, when Mike McCoy is your OC, yeah, you know, you <laughs> might be yeah. trying to lose some games in that. He beat in the that. Packers in Lambo, so good, oh yeah, good win there. Right. Hey, I mean, bless him for that. It got McCarthy <laughs> out the door, allowed a, an amicable parting of ways there. I'm still interested with. So the other thing I wanted to say really quickly was everyone's going to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, but they're not going to think about the fact that he had Todd, Monk, Todd Monken calling up the plays and that he had an incredible arsenal of offensive weapons. Right. This isn't you can't replicate that with Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker. I am, uh, and 
Albert Wilson. Oh, yeah. Thank excuse, you very much. Excuse, excuse. <laughs> Bert alert. Bert alert. Thank you. Oh, God. That is... <laughs> for all... Many, many producers have replicated the siren uh, for the Bert alert, and that is by far the, the, the most offensive one. Thank you. In a good way. In a good way, Brett. Thank I appreciate you. that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, there you go. Bert alert. There's that. And um, I, I'm just going to say right now, and I'll come back to this, but I'm I'm keeping an eye on Devonte Parker this year. Like I don't I don't think I don't think he's as washed. I like Kenny Stills too. I love. I mean, I love Kenny Stills. I love Albert. I love Wilson. a lot about what Kenny Stills does, but I I think I mean I'm not as into Albert Wilson as you are, but whatever. I think Devonte Parker's going to be interesting in some ways. I'm not. You know what? Come. July, I want you to bring this back up and we'll see where I'm at on it. I will try right. to remember that. Yeah, great, great job asking me to remember something. I'm not even going to remember that Gelhar was here in 20 minutes. <laughs> Do you, um, did you remember that Blake Bortles was the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars and is no longer? Um, yes, I remember that because I tweeted about it. So that's how I know I remember things. <laughs> if, I, if I put it on the, the Twitter You're going to tweet your grocery list or your target list or like... The list of times to walk Charlie. No, because I love to... Nothing makes me feel more whole inside than when I get home and forget the one thing that I went to the grocery store for, but managed to come home with about 20 other things. Alex, how many times is that thing gi? Because I really feel like Matt Harmon would be the guy who writes gi on his grocery list and forgets it. What is that? What is gi? Clarified butter. Oh, no. I don't think either of us have ever purchased that. I feel like that's some like, weird that. fitness thing. Ghee no, on broccoli. I don't know what that is. All right, well, just, just I guess use, I'm wrong. Just use olive oil. Or coconut oil. Or coconut. Or avocado oil. Which oh, is a great, lots of oils. Good which options. is a great neutral oil. Can you tell we live in Los Angeles? And so does Blake Bortles now. Nailed it. What a segue. Because he will, he, the team, the Rams, that is the team, uh, signed him to a one-year deal to back up Jared Goff, who was never, oh, I just got to say, like, Jared Goff's not like a, a durability guy. He doesn't have problems, never missed a game. But, like, to me, this is the ultimate Sean McVay ego move. Like, you know what? I'm a wizard. You give me your Blake Bortles. You give me your starving and your poor, and I will create Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. I don't know if Blake Bortles is starving or poor. I was just trying to make one of those. Probably, I'm going to go with probably not starving or poor. Right. Um, he's definitely had himself some breakfast burritos at halftime. Um, but anyways, I would love to see Blake Bortles start a game for the L.A. Rams offense. I don't want Jared Goff to get hurt or anything like that, but just to see what it looks like, just to see how he operates with an incredible supporting cast yeah. and a great ecosystem. You know, he brings a dimension as a runner that Jared Goff doesn't bring. I think it would be interesting. Um, again, I, I don't think we will see him start under any circumstance unless Goff gets hurt, but it would be interesting. It's fun to think about. Well, it happened. Um, also, this is probably not news, but Tyler Eifert signed on another one-year prove-it deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. He loves him some Cincinnati. He loves himself some Bengals, loves himself some interesting mullet haircuts as well. To me, I don't understand why they keep putting him on one-year prove-its because the one thing he's proven is that he can't stay healthy. Boom. Well, it's it. a, it's affordable for them if he ever does get back to the form when he was at his peak and they were, you know, looking like a Super Bowl contender before Andy Dalton broke his thumb. Like, Dalton is demonstrably better when Eifert is in the lineup, and if Eifert is healthy, he's one of the best red zone threats in the league. So it's cheap for them, and they don't have to go out and try and invest in a new young tight end or teach him the system or, 
you know, get somebody to draft and develop, develop their right. offense, do remember, things that are required of what winning was his teams. one year deal this time, like three, four million. I didn't even look. At I the also numbers. remember, too, they signed uh, CJ Uzoma back on a multi-year extension. So right now, I don't even think Eifert would be slated to start. But as you mentioned, they got he, rid of Croft, too. Yeah, he, Croft is out the door. Uzoma's back in on a multi-year deal and Eifert's back on a one-year deal. I mean, they're not even counting on the guy to start, you know, games. But if you get five, six games of Tyler Eifert, he is a difference maker, at least when he has been healthy. So I sure bring him back. Why not? Who cares? I do think it's interesting that a year ago, Andrew Whitworth was trying to get him to go to the Rams because there was some interest from Los Angeles oh, and Eifert. I and, Talk and, about something I forgot about. <laughs> and Eifert was like, no, no, no. Clearly, because he had been promised um, a starting position and he didn't have to worry about coming off of another injury. But this is, it's crazy how much things change in a year. Um, also, Spencer Ware, that's another thing that changed. I mean, he was the presumed fantasy quote handcuff. Also, there's been news on this situation breaking while we've been on the podcast and another situation, too. But the Lions have also signed... They had they had Spencer Warren to visit, but they have also signed Malcolm Brown, the Rams backup running back, to an offer sheet. Oh, that's interesting for Todd Gurley and potential. I mean, I don't really care about the Detroit piece of it, but if Malcolm Brown was the presumptive starter behind pre-CJ Anderson, Todd Gurley, then, and I knew he was a, a free agent, maybe uh, allegiances have shifted and CJ Anderson would then... Return. return, yeah, and, and it's also because it's not gonna be John Kelly. Well, we'll know, we'll know by Monday because the Rams have until Monday to match the offer, okay. and they can just. I I haven't seen the terms yet. I don't even know if those are out there. But if they, if it's a decently sized deal and the Rams decide to match it, then you know they're still really high on Malcolm Brown, and then maybe C.J. Anderson doesn't come back. But I think Malcolm Brown would. It, you know, people liked him coming out of college. Sure, whatever. Um, in a team on a team that really wants to run the ball, why not? But do we want to talk about the other move that happened today since we have a Packers homer here uh, in our midst? Do you want to talk about Randall Cobb signing with the Cowboys? He's just also, yes, Randall Cobb has also tweeted a gif of Woody coming out of the box in Toy Story. You see that? <laughs> Toy Story 4 today. Trailer dropped today. I saw the trailer came out. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I have watched it underwhelmed. Wow, I, I actually saw somebody talking about how the Toy Story trailers, getting totally off topic of Randall Cobb, will come back, though. But they're off, often targeted towards the kids because they already know they've got all of us hooked. We don't need to see a trailer to go see Toy Story. We've all been hooked for years. So I think they, they might not be aiming at the adults in the room. They, they put Bo in some pants, and okay. I like that. It's, oh, like, so it's yeah. basically the Star Wars tactic. Like They just got to make it more appealing to the younger generation because the they know us idiots will still go and pay money to see their... I'm on the fence about going to see episode nine right now in the theater. Look as, at you as a making, protest. Look at you making a moral stance. I mean, it's no. kind of like the Bengals model. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I think Randall Cobb's a smart signing for the Cowboys to get back to it. I saw it was a one year, five million dollar deal. They need some slot help. I mean, Cobb back in the day was a really dynamic playmaker. Hasn't been there in what seems like an eternity because of injuries and other things. But he'll he'll fill a need for them. And uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him to have a bounce back. Yeah, I mean, would you rather have um, Randall Cobb on a modest one-year, $5 million deal, or would you rather sign Cole Beasley to the uh, money that he ended up getting? I'd probably rather take a chance on Cobb, honestly. And for what it's worth, Beasley did average four catches, over four catches per game last year. Um, So we know the connection, obviously, that Beasley and and Dak had surprisingly when that developed. Four years, $29 million for Cole Beasley. So what what is that per year? It's a lot of money. A little like over seven. Eight. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, not bad. Seven point okay. three um, average year salary. Yeah. So they're saving, you know, three million dollars. So yeah, good. And, and it, but it's clearly like Beasley is still on the. I would say. Upward not, trajectory. I don't even know. If it's slash, a, he's still on his plateau. Yeah. That he's not cratered off yet. Cobb has clearly peaked much higher than Beasley, but has fallen far, 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 far from that at this point. I think I'm still. I still really like Michael Gallup a lot. He's a guy mm-hmm. who flashed as a rookie, and I would. I would still bet on him outproducing Randall Cobb this year I, yeah, with no definitely. question. I mean, yeah. he's going to be the team's. Number two receiver. Number two receiver, yeah. But it's a nice little three wide receiver set if you've got Cooper, Cobb, yeah. and Gallup with Zeke and, Zeke and Dak in the in the backfield. Yeah, so. Zeke being used as and, a slot receiver. Uh, from time Jason Witten. <laughs> and can't forget Jason Witten. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I, I wish, totally blacked I wish that, that out. I wish that was something I could forget off my grocery yeah. list was that the Cowboys signed Jason Witten. <laughs> what, you're going to forget the milk? I don't bring any mayonnaise into my house. Um, Alex, I'm going to ask you this because Jordy Nelson is visiting Seattle. Would sure. you like to see him stay in the league? Would you like to see him retire? Would you like to see Green Bay now that Aaron Rodgers is in theory in charge bring him back on a one-year pity deal so he could retire a Green Bay Packer Uh, I was kind of trying to think about this because at first when I saw that they released him I was like well that would kind of be nice to get a little more maybe stability in that passing attack but I think if Nelson were to come back to the Packers right now it would be what we used to refer to as progress stoppers because they've got Marcus Velda Scantling. We still Jamon do that Moore. in the biz, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a little outside the norm now. I don't, you know, <laughs> listen to all the podcasts these days, anyways. But I'd be happy to see him go to a place like I don't know what he, what role he'd fill in Seattle. But I guess he'd give them a receiver over six foot. New England. The rest of their guys are pretty, pretty low. But Stop. send him to New England. Stop it. They were oh, sniffing. Man. They were oh, they sniffing would, around slot he receiver. Fits, he fits that archetype too. I mean, he's not he, a slot receiver at this point in his he career. Should I think play he should play in the slot more. He was. He, he played more snaps in the slot last, last year than year. he normally does. Yeah. I mean, he's also think back even to 2013 when Randall Cobb got hurt that year before his big season in 2014. Nelson the- took some slot snaps. I mean, he's been a guy who could do a little he's, bit. He's both. been rot- he rotated all over the place for the Packers. Don't they have think- Doug Baldwin? I, well, yeah, I mean, I know that Seattle does, but that's why. And New England has Julian Edelman, but New England was also sniffing around your boy Adam Humphreys yeah, this year. They wanted to sign him for more money but than that's they gave they Tennessee. Want, they want like an heir apparent to the Juni- Julian Edelman throne. I mean, that is the like sure. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, next gen move. But also, the Patriots just need help at receiver. No, they don't. I'm getting damn news alerts hey, that they, 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 they finalized their Philip Dorsett move. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nelson catching 90 passes for the Patriots. I'm here for that. I would hope he's in the league next year. I don't know where he'll land, but uh, I, I saw somebody mention that if the Packers did sign him, it should be on like a James Jones desperation, desperation signing when he came back. In, yeah. like, what was that? 2015. Get him in like September. If one yeah. of the younger guys gets hurt or something or they're they've reached a, they're not developing at the pace you would have thought they were because I mean, their depth chart right now, there's just not a lot there to get excited about because I think all three of those rookies, Jamon Moore basically did nothing. MVS flashed, uh, and he also could be a guy that could split that big slot receiver yep. role with Jordy Nelson. He did a little bit of that last year. And, I mean, Equinemius St. Brown Come had, on, had that's some my moments bro. too. I, well, who? Equinemius. No, I, like, I like him, too, and he had some he moments He was coming on year. towards the end of last yeah. year. But also, we got to remember that they have uh, Geronimo Allison. They re-signed him, and he missed, like, the second Easy half of forget. last year with his— He was solid to start yeah, the year. Fine. How dare you? It's boring. I think Equinemius St. Brown is probably the best of those. But I also heard some like rumblings that Aaron Rodgers didn't really like Equinemius, who's kind of an eccentric dude. And so, you know, if you're not in the Rodgers wheelhouse, and it's worth noting that Aaron Rodgers, a Packers beat writer, tweeted out some gif of of Jordy Nelson in a Packers uniform, you know, obviously totally unrelated, but saying like, oh, it's nice here or whatever. And you know who liked it? 
Aaron Rodgers. Mm. The obvious implication being, let's bring Jordy back to Green Bay. But I'm telling you, New England, that's the spot. No, no. I'll submit to the Empire. So Liz. here's, here's, oh, <laughs> I refuse. I will hashtag resist. So here is one move that I'm actually moderately excited by. I'm excited is a relative term to the month we are in, but in this month, what? Can we peel back the curtain real quick just to talk what? about our, our relationship here, Liz, and how, yeah. how great of a friendship we have between mm-hmm. us. When producer Brett here, uh, sent out the email, Here's the outline for this week, guys. Don't have a lot to talk about. The first thing I wrote in the email was this move because I knew based on because I listened to you when you talk that this would be oh, something you. that wow. you were interested. I in. just want to say not being in this intimate friendship that you two have now and with all the qualifiers you put on leading up to this deal, I'm dying to know. Ooh, big one here. Wow, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> It's going to be a sizzler. Wait, wait you guys, Martellus Bennett is not retiring. Oh, I'm no. Just That's no. not it. That That's I would not, not allow you to talk about <laughs> in this podcast. Um, he isn't retiring. But Chris Connolly, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, is going to the Jags, which I am... <laughs> Are you thrilled? You know what? Albert Wilson gets a crazy drop. And like this makes no sense when you have Nick Foles who can only throw the deep ball, who just basically closes his eyes and chucks it deep and prays that somebody can climb a ladder and catch something contested. I was being being completely genuine when I said that I picked this out just for you. I can't help that these other two schlubs in here are (laughs) disrespecting you. I feel like Matt has feelings about me the same way he has feelings about that peanut butter IPA. Like, it's all very complicated. Like, in theory, it would be amazing. But, like, mm, in practice, I don't know. No, peanut butter's not that good, so. Right, but it should be good. Right. Well, it peanut is butter good. is Matt delicious, actually. Bad, yeah, bad what, what is happening to me, Alex? I don't know. Like, You're getting insisted he's, he's by in, my, he's inside my, your head my right trash now. takes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about peanut butter IPA, but peanut butter, peanut butter is great. And so is Chris Connolly, potentially, on the Jags offense because... In th- well, he is, in fact, 6'2". In theory, he has a plus catch radius. He was not allowed to do much in Kansas City. He was barely targeted towards the end of the year. But I do think when you look at the, quote, weapons at Nick Foles' disposal in Jacksonville and his skill set, Chris Connolly and, and Foles could have a potential rapport here. I'm going to be curious to watch which wide receivers Foles or the early reports out of like training camp and stuff Foles gels with are because the last couple of years with those Jags wide receivers it was like you could have just slapped their faces on each side of a six-sided die and rolled it and whichever one came up was the guy that was going to have the big week with uh, Bortles, Bortles under center yeah. but but Foles they're is, different quarterbacks right I know that's what I'm saying Foles is a guy that has shown he can establish a rapport with receivers like he had a pretty good one with Alshon Jeffrey mm-hmm. he um you know liked going to Zach Ertz so if Conley is somebody that emerges and they click right away Definitely something somebody I'm interested, in. but that they just got a bunch of guys over there that are are interesting right now. So we'll have to kind of wait and see which one Foles uh, attaches himself to. I mean, frankly, they don't have very many interesting. Well, they've uh, got receivers. A grab bag of guys. Yeah, like, they don't have a clear number one. But right, he kind of takes the the place of Dante Moncrief, exactly. who was a big vertical threat, similar profile of guy who was really athletic coming out of college. But Moncrief, obviously. He kept continuing to play snaps, not really doing anything with those snaps because younger player uh, Didi Westbrook had a nice year as like a speed slot receiver. But Keelan Cole, what the hell happened to Keelan Cole? Like had a great month of September and then just whoosh, disappears out of nowhere. DJ Chark predictably wasn't ready to be a full time contributor. Well, he's also kind of a one 
he does not have a diverse skill set. Right. Yeah. So I think it'll probably be Chark, Cole, and, you know, uh, Conley, and maybe they draft somebody too, just really throwing at the wall and seeing which one of those guys sticks. I think the big move that uh, Jacksonville needs to make is is a tight end. I think they got to get a tight end in the draft. That's one that just makes a lot of sense to me. There's some guys in this draft um, who can block and catch too, which would obviously make sense for them because they want to establish the run for whatever reason. And, um, you know, that that that's a weapon that Foles made decent use of in uh, Philadelphia. You'd like to see it happen. So just a quick, some quick numbers to back things up. Dante Moncrief only scored three touchdowns last season. Um, <clears throat> but again, Blake Bortles under center. Target accuracy per player profiler was 2.7. That's number 78 amongst wide receivers. It's not a great target not accuracy. Um, so you have to imagine that Nick Foles will be able to... I, I think Chris Connolly is... Uh, I, I'm oh, go say on. This. Just say it. I think he's a better player than Dante Moncrief. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind Dante Moncrief either, but like, I, I mean... I, I Yeah, you were trying to get me excited about Dante Moncrief. So like Moncrief coming out of college, podcast. I was excited about Dante Moncrief. I don't think he has turned the engine on his potential, but I do think Chris Connolly has got some some real potential here and could do something with Foles because an accuracy rating will increase. And, you know, like seven red zone targets is what Moncrief saw last season, three total touchdowns. I think you're going to see Connolly get more than seven red zone looks. He's an interesting... Um, He's interesting is all we're deep, saying. Deep sleeper <clears throat> in best ball leagues. So what are you guys What are you guys doing? Are you doing brackets? NCAA bracket? Yeah. I have to fill one out later. I, uh, I'm i in a league with my... My dad's in a, as a firefighter, so I'm in the... I know uh, that. Yes, of course I know you that know about that. Your dad. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in a league with him and some of his, his co-workers and stuff like that. I got to fill out my... Do they my fill them out at the station? They fill these? They probably did. Yeah, yeah. some of them did. What happens it? if they're filling them out and like... A fire happens. I think they got to go put the care fire the out. Yeah. and leave the brackets until later. They all just like blow away in the breeze or they do it digitally. Probably digitally. Yeah. I mean, Let me it tell is you, 2019. I've had to do a couple of bracket related activities. I was here. actually talking about Alex's dad. <laughs> if you have your moment. <laughs> no, it's cool. Tell me all about your bracket related activities, man. Bracket related activities here at Yahoo Sports. I had to do a little picking thing uh, for some social segment we did. And Charlie came in here today and picked some games for a video that should be out later this week. But my big takeaway is like, who the hell are some of these schools? Like there's a school literally called Colgate. That's a toothpaste. That's a great school, by the way. It is it's an incredible toothpaste. school on the is East it, Coast. You know what Colgate is, Colgate I'm sure. Is, yeah. It's I mean, like Haverford, Colgate, Bates, all of those schools are I mean, there's the a lot of schools I've never freaking heard of in these brackets. And I mean, it's it's throwing me off. Did you fill bit. yours out? I haven't actually. I think you're just upset out. that Lynchburg can't get into the tournament because what are they like D seven? Well, they were D three. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm a I'm a big UNC guy. Everybody knows that about me. Oh yes, <laughs> huge UNC fan. Yeah, you just never shut up about them. I mean, yeah, me and Roy Williams, right? That's the coach. We're we're guys. We're buds. We're buds. I, could I think not tell I you think one. Michigan State is going to give Duke a little run, but I do have Duke going all the way. Nah, Duke is trash. <laughs> Because I'm a UNC fan. I'm supposed to think that, right? Zion Williamson is trash. That's I didn't say he is trash. Obviously, he's great. But, you know, you got to ask questions about the surrounding talent around him, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're just trying to parrot like talk radio takes right now to work in this UNC fan narrative. Uh, look, you? let me tell you, uh, you got to really question if, if the rest of those guys out there, they want the ball. Is is a guy like Zion Williamson? Is he going to spread the ball around? That's what I feel like. That's what people will say about basketball, right? I mean, Sounds I think right. any hopeful Cinderella team should retire their presumptive tiaras because Zion Williamson 
will be the bell of all the balls, and he has the busted slipper to prove it. I don't know if Colgate. How was... about that? Oh, well okay. done. If Colgate's so, going to get in there and you know clean things up. Colgate's not going to get in there. <laughs> In, in the little spaces in between. Yeah, they really. Use some bursting yeah. bubbles. To... I mean, they're really going to whiten this tournament up. Oh, All right. Um, if you like to place a few wagers on basketball this time of year, we have a great show for you this Thursday and Friday. It is called Mad Bets. Maybe Matt and or I will be doing some cameos on the show. Brad Evans will certainly be there, so bring your earplugs. Tune in for some good picks and bad beats as some of our experts try to win as much money as possible during the first round. The show is going to be streaming on and off all day Thursday and Friday. Check it out starting at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. That's 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Just follow Yahoo Sports on Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, and you can go ahead and watch that stream. And if you're on Twitch, obviously, you can engage, engage. Can I ask you something about this program? Um, Me? Yeah, you. Me, Liz Loza? Okay. Yeah, Liz Loza. (laughs) Um, You said we were potentially going to be on it, right? Like, have you actually, because the way I understand (laughs) it from from Ryan Dornbush, our fearless video leader, is like, we can just kind of walk on and off, stop in and out. I was told I could drink, so I'll definitely show up. Um, if Brad is there and I'm drinking and Brad's maybe drinking, uh, I'm, I'm down to show up, but like, is there an actual plan or like we just popping in? I mean, maybe we shouldn't discuss that on a recorded podcast to our listeners. You know what we could discuss is how Matt referred to it as a program (laughs) (laughs) in the most old man speak ever. Do you want to go see some motion pictures later? A little program. (laughs) Cinema. Cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, inside jokes. Are you going to bring your old fashioned? Uh, no. Oh, those are hip again, though, aren't they? Old fashioned. When did they old ever fashions are, are definitely, I think maybe when during, you drink Campari on the ice or something. In now, the 80s, something? they probably had a downswing, you know, Mad Men in the 60s and stuff like that. And that, that was really a good peak for them. And, but yeah, old are fashions you a are definitely guy? No, I'm just, I just drink beer and straight liquor. That's it. I don't need are all Are you this... a martini guy, Alex? No, not really. Martinis really? are rough. I'm a, I'm a beer and mostly brown liquor guy. Yeah. Bourbon beer. I grew up in the it. Midwest. That's that's like all it is. I grew yeah. up in the Midwest, also, too. Also wine. I drink wine I a lot. definitely drank a lot of Zima growing up in the <laughs> Midwest. Zima predated my uh, my drinking just by a oh, touch. Oh, stop it. By it did touch. not. By a touch. Then you weren't cool sneaking it out of your parents' fridge. Get out of here. <sighs> no, All sorry. right. Follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And that is Alex Gelhar. What's your handle? At Alex Gelhar. For all of your legal needs. We'll be back next week. No, can't can't officially give legal advice at this point. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk more free agency unless Brett lets us have a week off. We out! We out!